If you're here for improv, go away. This is Comment and Improv with Anthony Francis. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Other Than Improv. I'm your host, Anthony Francis. And here at Other Than Improv, we explore the lives of improvisers. We talk to them about some special skills they have, talents, stories, maybe a job that they had or have, whatever it is. We take improvisers and we talk about anything but improv. Some people have asked why I do this. I, I couldn't tell them. Our guest today, though, is someone very special. She just taught for us at the Palm Beach Improv Festival and we couldn't be happier. It was so great. I had to ask her to come on the show. She is an improviser. She has trained at UCB in New York, the Magnet Theater, Second City in Chicago, the Annoyance in Chicago. These are huge improv theaters, by the way, huge improv schools. Uh, she's got a BFA in theater arts from the University of the Arts. And currently, she's the artistic director of Curious Comedy Theater in Portland, Oregon, which I just had the pleasure of being at for their festival last year, pre-COVID. And it was a wonderful festival, a wonderful theater, and a just amazing space. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Kristen Shear. Hey, Kristen. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, I don't know if you can hear my cat is singing the song of his people. And uh, I don't know what that's about. Um, and thanks also, I just want to say again, for having me out at the Palm Beach Improv Festival. It was so fun to perform, so fun to teach. So thank you. You guys did an incredible job with the festival. Well, thank you so much. I couldn't do it without Marissa. I couldn't do it without the community. And it's just a blast. It really is. Um, but thank you. Yeah, it was, it was just a lot of fun. Five days of improv in a way I have never hosted it before. So all online, <laughs> digital, it's uh, it's been a thing. I feel very close to this chair now. We've spent a lot of time together. Yeah. Sitting, <laughs> sitting in this chair. <laughs> and then I, and then this morning I woke up and I, I had to go do work and I was sitting in this chair again. I was like, okay, but I went for a run. So that was nice. That is nice. Yeah. Uh, so enough about me and definitely enough about improv. We want to talk to you, and uh, I'm excited because we have two very interesting topics that we're going to talk about today. We're going to be talking about being a clown and being a cancer survivor. Yes. So I don't know which one of those should come first, so we're going to start uh, with uh, alphabetical order, and we're going to start with cancer survivor. So you are a cancer survivor. What was that? like uh when did that happen for you where does that st story start for you uh thanks for asking yeah i um i'm so grateful to get an opportunity to talk about it because i feel like um there are a lot of people unfortunately who experience receiving a very scary diagnosis and sometimes it can feel really isolating to get like that kind of diagnosis. And uh, I don't think people talk about it enough so that there's, you know, there's a lot of uh, scary stories to be sure, but there's also a lot of success stories. And I feel like if people heard those more, um, they could they could maybe um, be less uh, afraid or feel a little less alone. Um, so I like to talk about it for those reasons. Um, and for me, it kind of all started maybe about three and a half, almost four years ago now. Um, and basically I was having symptoms. We don't have to get 
too into the mix but sure. basically i want to share with people like if anything's going on that just feels off talk to a doctor and keep talking to doctors until you're really satisfied because it took uh, a while for me to actually get diagnosed with what was wrong with me um and i it's like you hear those things like people saying like i just felt like something was off right and mm -hmm. that that was also my story. And it wasn't some like weird, like intuition or something. I just knew something was off. And uh, I just kept insisting to doctors that like, uh, no, you know, I think, I think something else is going on. And uh, I eventually got uh, to see a specialist. Um, the type of cancer that I had was cervical cancer, by the way which is maybe mm -hmm. why I'm dancing around like, <laughs> oh, I went to the gynecologist. You know? <laughs> um, right, right. Like, uh, but I saw a specialist and the specialist uh, said, you know, I'm going to have to do some tests, but I'm very concerned. Um, so uh, these, these tests will be back in a couple of days. And I don't want to talk improv anymore. But during that couple of days, I, I went to an improv camp um right for a couple of days and i had this thing on my mind while i was at camp supposed to be relaxing um and when i got back um from a very restorative lovely time at camp um uh i got i got confirmation that i was dealing with uh like stage essentially stage two cervical cancer um, and everything, I'm just, uh, stop me at any point if you have questions, but I'll just like keep rolling. Um, oh, yeah, uh, well, <laughs> um, I don't want to cut you off. I, I wanted to ask you uh, before you'd said, well, I guess the, the first question I have is when you got that information, when you got that news, what was the first thing that went through your mind? So it's so hard. It, like they talk about like the news just going in one ear out the other, everything that the doctor was saying to me just turned into like a Charlie Brown teacher, like, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And, I was like, and then the doctor asked me to say what I understood. And I really didn't understand very much and was very kind of disoriented. Um, but what was going through my mind is, uh, well, I just wasn't sure like where I was on the scale of like, like write a living will and tell everyone you've only got a little bit of time. And also like, you're going to beat this. Like my mom was in the waiting room of the uh, doctor's office. And mostly I was just thinking about how I was going to tell her the bad news. Because uh, right. I really focused on like, you know, her as opposed to myself, probably as kind of a self-protective, like, uh, you know, thing. Um, but my mom was just a amazing. Like, of course she was upset. Of course she was, um, you know, very, um, you know, sad about the whole thing, but, uh, she ended up just hanging, hanging with me through the whole ordeal and after that, it was pretty much just put one step in front of the other, go to treatment, um, listen to the doctors. And uh, honestly, it was like a giant hill to climb. But when I got back on the other side, it was just like, wow, 
Like I climbed that hill. I went through that. You know, you, you mentioned um, it was isolating. That news is isolating. What do you mean by that? So I didn't necessarily want to like share the diagnosis with everybody, especially when I was unsure, unsure for a little while, like what treatment would be and how it would affect me. And um, so I have this big giant like ball of knowledge that I'm consternating over in my head. And I can't really share that with people. Um, you know, at least not right. right away. I mean, clearly I had, I had friends and, and a very amazing support uh, system with my mom and my family. Um, and I could tell those people, but like most people that I encountered in my life, I wasn't just about to blurt out like the first thing, like, Hey, I have cancer. And that's what I'm thinking about right now. Right. <laughs> um, so it can feel isolating in that way. And also like during treatment, I was pretty, I wasn't, you know, I was pretty sick because the radiation treatment made me not feel great as I, I'm sure you can imagine or have heard by now. Um, yeah. So uh, like normally I'd be out and about, have a ton of energy and I just didn't during treatment. I, I stayed, I stayed home quite a bit to, to uh, help deal with how sick I was feeling. I think that's hard for, that's hard on so many levels and especially for people like ourselves that are out and about. And, uh, when we're down, it's like, obvious. like you can't hide that you're down. You can't hide that yeah. you're sick. You can't hide it. People feel the energy is different and they, they notice it right away. So that was a big change for you in your career. How did that affect you with work? You know, strangely enough, I was, I was able to work quite a bit through the whole thing. Um, which is cool. I did have to scale back some things, but my, I, I was able to move things around. So my commitments were, um, a little more limited, but it, it really made me appreciate like what I do more and like love what I do more. Um, I, I was teaching at the university of the arts at the time. And I had this group of fantastic kids, uh, that I was teaching an acting class too and it's so cliche but every time I walked into that class I just like got an uplift from their energy their curiosity their talent uh it was they the the students just had probably had no idea how much I appreciated like them through that time even though i never really disclosed anything about my condition to them um i told them that i was sick and i wasn't feeling well uh, but but and i'm sure a few of them could intuit it but uh they were just such a such a buoy to me in that time uh so that's yeah. great yeah the classes as someone who also teaches that is the most good I feel is at the end of a, you know teaching classes teaching people is is just energizing it is most yeah. of the time let's all be honest most of the time what what uh what is I guess the takeaway what did you learn from this experience or what how has this changed you I would imagine that you know when you're faced with a challenge now you're like this is hard but you know <laughs> It's not. Yeah, <laughs> it is a little like that. Like I just, I kind of give, I, I kind of give myself some badass points um, for going through what I went through. Um, it has made me appreciate 
the miracle of modern medicine and science. Uh, so maybe miracle is the wrong word. Um, I am a big uh, appreciator of science and everything that doctors um, have figured out to how to help people. And uh, the other thing is like, yeah, I, I mean, first of all, for anybody listening, like I'm free and clear now to out two years. I feel great. Um, I have regular checkups with the doctor and, you know, there's no evidence of disease right now. So I'm on the, the right path. Uh, who knows what the future holds for, for any of us. But uh, as far as I can tell, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really healthy and that's the way I, you know, I plan to do, <laughs> plan to stay. Um, and the big takeaway is just like, oh man, life will throw you some curveballs. I think we're all being thrown some curveballs right now, but uh, people are more resilient uh, than they even know. And it's really important to um, surround yourself with people who love and care about you because uh, like I said, my boyfriend, my family, my, my friends were just so, uh, were so helpful to me during that time. Yeah, anytime a friend goes through this i had a friend who who went through this she had breast cancer and you know all you can do is be there for them and just and then you just watch them transform into a stronger person yeah i just wanted to to say that to you um because i feel weird going to break but it's the only way we can go from cancer <laughs> to clowning guys i have no yeah. i don't know what i'm doing first time doing this uh we need a, we need a little break in between. we're gonna take a quick break uh we'll be right back with Kristen. but right now a word from our sponsor this podcast is brought to you by sponsorships. We don't have any. And we're back. <laughs> Kristen, you yes. are sure you're an improviser, but more so you are something else, something that some people are afraid of, something yes. that some people are afraid to even approach. But I know that deep down it is truly an incredible art form. Can you please tell us a little bit about how you became a clown. Thank you so much for asking. I have always loved comedy and I have had the uh, wonderful experience of training with a lot of people who are into like French theatrical clown or physical mm -hmm. theater clown. Yep. Um, the good including, stuff. yeah, yeah, just, just some amazing teachers. Um, I wish I was coordinated enough to like ride a unicycle and juggle. Um, <laughs> I'm working on those things because I'm really uh, fascinated by them. But unfortunately, the type of clowning I do doesn't necessarily involve those things. It's more about creating uh, a character. And I've, I've been into clowning now for, uh, yeah, for several years uh, and, and gotten to train with some amazing people. Do you have a clown name? Uh, yes, my, my clown name has changed quite a bit, um, but I I have a clown that I call Rocket, um, and I used to have a clown with a very long name uh, named August Von something something or other, which I can't remember right now because it was like eight years ago, uh, but more, more often than not, I perform this uh, sort of clown-adjacent character called the junior star, uh, which is a, a star that is working on becoming a, an actual star. And the way that, that the character works on that is by asking the audience for help practicing granting wishes. 
Um, so if it can grant a number of wishes, then it can become a real star. And basically the character just interviews people and talks about what they want. Um, and and uh, it's it's usually a fun time performing performing that. Wow. That's interesting. I, I fell down the rabbit hole of clowning just a touch in some YouTube videos. I watched an incredible performance. And I want to say it was a French clown. There was foam that got blown across the audience at the end. It was incredibly moving. It was emotional. It was really well done. And I, and from that moment forward, I said, clowning's the real deal. And I've, I've tried to implement some of the physical clowning aspects into my own work with, with the physical gags, you know, of not solving the problem. Where it's like, you know, you've got a ch folding chair and you can't quite, yeah. you never quite get it unfolded and sit in it. That, that sort of thing. Um, can you right. talk to the physical comedy of clowning? Yeah, I can I can talk to it about uh, about uh, like basically using clown logic, right? Like clown logic. Yes, I want clown logic. What is this? What is clown logic? Uh, clown logic is like somebody who is maybe brand new and doesn't have the context to understand something as a chair and might see it as a completely different thing um, and then begin to use it in ways uh that are like not necessarily related to it being a chair you could use a chair as a hat or as a boot and clown logic is like finding the most ridiculous um roundabout sort of rube goldberg-esque way of solving a problem or getting into your shoes <laughs> you know uh, i love that it's never straightforward and it's never simple yeah it's it's about it's almost uh tragedy or it's it's a it's just a, it's just problem after problem clowns never clowns make other people laugh but their life is struggle yes <laughs> right like that's what it looks like from the outside i really don't know i have i have a book i've read half of on clowning i read the art of clowning read half of it i was really just mining it for improv tidbits to be honest but yeah. uh but i i feel like if i had if i if i was in a room with a clown instructor yeah i'd, I'd jump in that right yeah, there's also something called uh, the Pyramid of Yeses. Ooh, yeah. Um, which is like if now this is this is going to sound like and this is probably one of the reasons why people are afraid of clowns. Uh, but I promise you the outcome is 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 should never be dangerous or harmful to to any of the audience members. But it's it's a little bit of like if you can get an audience member to agree to a small thing maybe a small thing like making eye contact, then you might be able to get them to agree to, for instance, have you sit down next to them um, or get them to come up on stage and you build on one very small yes to get to bigger and bigger yeses. Like here, take this pie. Ah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah. And it's, it's really like a con artist game uh, in a yeah. way. It sounds like sales, uh, to be honest with yes. you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so clowning basically just, just breaks down into sales. Yeah. It's just, it's just sales. Was clowning a part of your life when cancer was a part of your life? Only tangentially, I didn't necessarily perform during that time, but clowning has always been something that I've like integrated into what I teach and integrated into like how I try to see the world as well. Um, I don't know about you, but I love I love watching people and everybody, everybody has a clown 
like inside them. And once you like study the way that your own body moves or you spend time really digging into that, then when you watch people in the grocery store, somebody just like pick up a an onion and turn it around in their hand and put it back down is like, oh, you could spend hours on the comedy there. Oh, like, it, <laughs> it's I, I, I am absolutely 100% a people watcher and it, it is everyone is art everyone's just walking around being art being truth like not to just get like all heady about it but you're right like then someone in a grocery store picking up an onion the way they do that is so uniquely them like yeah oh it's just it's <laughs> funny like in real life it means nothing but you take it and you put it on a stage and you throw a couple of of uh, lights on them and you know suddenly everyone's fascinated and, and everybody is like their own special brand of stupid. And I, that's like a high yes. compliment from me. Here, here. <laughs> yeah. So, so I love like, uh, you know, like our intelligence is limited, but our stupidity is limitless. And we just need to tap into that, that source because it's an endlessly renewable resource that we have. As- you sound like my history teacher. <laughs> Anthony, your stupidity is limitless. Uh, Yes. (laughs) um, I love it. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time, but I can't thank you enough. Kristen, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing just a little bit of your story uh, about cancer survival and clowning. And it's over too soon, unfortunately. Thank you for having me. And uh, it was a delight. It was a delight. Well, thank you so much. Kristen Shear, if you want to check her out, you can see her at Curious Comedy Theater in Portland. And if that's too far of a walk or a drive for you, Kristen, where can people find you? Oh, you know, I'm on Facebook and Instagram if you want to follow me on social media. Um, I don't really do much there, though. <laughs> it's That's a good thing. That's a good yeah. thing. All okay. right. Instagram.com, Facebook.com. For those of you that don't know those websites. And Kristen, thank you so much. Thanks for being on the show. Right back at you. Thanks, Anthony. If you're here for improv, go away. This is 